0: Today is Sunday, November fourth, two thousand eighteen, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your Boston Celtics, episode number two eight seven, featuring the Athletics J. King. It's brought to you today by DraftKings. So at DraftKings.com. Right now, use the promo code Celtics to support the show. Play for free with your first deposit, minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn. Hurry down to LinkedIn.com slash Celtics and get 50 bucks off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash Celtics to get $50 off your first job post. Kevin Vilecki filling in for Adam Kaufman once again. He'll be back next week, taking some time off. He was in L.A. for the World Series. Uh, he wanted some time to you know maybe settle down from, from the BZ stuff, so filling in for him one more time. And with today's guest, we welcome in one of everybody's favorites, uh, on the Twitter sphere, uh, he is one of the Celtics beat writers for the Athletic. Uh, and actually, funny story here: we're going to have uh, some ad runs for the Athletic starting next week. But right now, we'll give the promo code early for forty percent off. The, your yearly subscription to the athletic here, uh, it is forty percent off a month, which is two ninety nine a month. It's less than three bucks a month by using our promo code theathletic.com slash Celtics Beat. Go there. We're bringing on Jay King though. And Jay, you know, before we even get rolling here, man, I, I do owe you an apology, man. I, I calling you Andre from the league <laughs> the other day was a low blow. All you were trying to do is you know you have fun on the internet a little bit. I gotta come on here and, and rain on your parade and, and tell you, that you look like Andre from the league because you're wearing a funky hat. That's all. And that's that's a low blow, that, man. That's my fault.
1: That was a tough one. Andre from the league is probably the most hurtful comparison I've heard <laughs> in my life. Uh, so, so, I appreciate your apology, but it do, it doesn't take away the the pain i felt in that moment
0: oh uh, no you know you know in, in if you've never seen the show andre from the, it's a it's a fantasy football league show and andre from the league is like the biggest loser on the show, by far, bar none, he's like that guy that tries too hard to be really cool in your friends group, and you just tolerate it because you're like you can make fun of him all the time. Jay is way cooler than that. So Jay, I, again, that, that was such a low blow. But I, I'm still sticking with DJ Bean. Looks like Jason Schwartzman, and I swear to God, if you were in a a Wes Anderson movie anytime soon, it would not shock me. He looks just like him. And as much as he wants to fight me on that, I it's it, for me the resemblance is uncanny, Jay.
1: Yeah, you you came at both our next man. Yeah. We we were just. We were just innocent bystanders, just catching catching fire.
0: Yeah, I came I came out swinging. Uh, you know, it's funny over the past couple of days, past two games that we've seen, Kyrie's been been really really out of his mind recently. And that there were points in that Milwaukee game where he was heating up like crazy. Are you subscribing to the theory with me that the fro was really weighing him down, and now that he's become more aerodynamic? He's back to being old Kyrie again.
1: <laughs> I, I think he was honestly just trying so hard to make everything work with such a talented team that he forgot sometimes it's best to just be Kyrie. And you know what's funny is I thought he really started playing well in the game when he had just three points. It was like that that game, he, he drove into the paint. He created plays for others. He was really aggressive off the bounce. And I thought that game he created like seven or eight three-pointers for teammates. And the Celtics were really humming, and I thought he had a lot to do with it, even though he had three points and he was impacting the game in totally different ways than you're used to seeing from Kyrie. Um, but yeah, the, the last couple games has has just been he's been fantastic, and I mean he's hit three three pointers in a minute and a half stretch in each of the last two games, which is outrageous. Yeah,
0: that's that's the the, the old Kyrie we remember watching. But I do I I agree with you on the whole. Kyrie, like last year when he gets hurt, it's hard to forget that at one point during last year, it seemed like he got a lot more comfortable in Brad Stevens' offense. And you start start to see him kind of become more of a facilitator, not just a scorer. And that, for me, and like, and Kungu's talked about, everybody's talked about how that is the last piece to unlock for Kyrie Irving. But I'm with you. It looks like, to me, Jay, he looks a little more comfortable in this offense year two. And and, and to your point, like, he's trying to figure out how to incorporate everybody here. Like, bringing back Gordon Hayward and getting him comfortable, I think, is our priority for a lot of people right now. Making sure Jason Tatum is comfortable out there. When Jalen Brown comes back from this foot injury, he's got to be comfortable. And a lot of this falls on Kyrie's shoulders because he's the leader here. Uh, and, And I look at what he's been able to do and then what Gordon's been able to do lately and you're starting to see the talent kind of come to the surface here, and you start to see this team start to run off and, and, and play really well. You look at those Detroit games, the one in Detroit, I thought they were phenomenal on both ends of the floor. The one in Boston, a little bit, you know, not as great on the defensive side, but you can't hold that team down for too long. And then the Milwaukee game, I thought, you know, not only was that game fun to watch, but it looked like the offense was just at a different level, Jay. And, and I know a lot of people had a problem with them taking so many three-pointers, but, you know, when you're open, Jay, you've got to shoot them
1: yeah they were all wide open and and that that's kind of the the dream the vision with this offense right is that when Al Horford's playing the five and he's got so many talented wings around him and Kyrie that they're going to be able to stretch teams out and some nights it'll be the center and against Milwaukee it was it was Brooke Lopez, it was Urson I that just weren't quick enough to keep up with the Boston Bigs, but other times it'll be like Kevin love chasing around Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown or like a power forward that has a mismatch, or sometimes it'll be, you know, a a smaller shooting guard that has to guard Gordon Hayward, who's a beast off the drive when when he's right. So they're they're just, they're matchup. They're going to cause matchup issues for everybody. And I, I think they obviously struggled offensively at the start. And part of it is, is they're just settling for, long mid-range jumpers, they're just (laughs) saying, oh, we can get those shots, let's let's live by them. And the last few games, you've really seen them work to get better shots. And against Milwaukee, Milwaukee's defense was just really pretty bad. The strategy they used, they were just letting Al Horford, Marcus Morris, and Kyrie Irving just take wide-open shots. Um, but that's what the Celtics are going to do to teams. They're going to put you in bad positions where you have to decide, okay, are we going to give up threes? Are we going to let them get to the paint? And so you're, you're finally seeing the the offense start to click, which I think is going to be their limiting factor this year. Uh, If they have a limiting factor, it's going to be that offense, their defense we've seen. It's, it's the top in the league again. It is stopping everybody, but it's the offense that they're going to need to really be elite because They might be able to win the East without an elite offense. They might be able to get past Milwaukee. They might be able to get past Toronto. But both those teams are better. Both those teams are smarter. Both those teams are taking better shots. The Raptors have Kawhi now. And then you look over at Golden State. Golden State may be the best team ever. So to have a a chance at winning a title, which is the Celtics' goal this year, they're going to have to have a top, top offense. And right now it's not there, but you can see it start to – you can see the pieces start to come together. Quick
0: break from Jake. King can tell you today's show is brought to you by DraftKings. Basketball season is here. We're in full swing, and you know what that means. It's finally time to put your basketball knowledge to the test with one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings. DraftKings is giving away over four million in prizes this season. That's more than 10 times what L.A. is playing LeBron James. You can buy a house with that kind of money. No matter what your skill level is, there is a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. Whether you're an expert, you're a novice, anything in between, you can win money on DraftKings today. And drafting your team is very simple. Select eight players, sit under the $50,000 salary cap, and earn points when your players score, assist, block, rebound, and more, and the best part is, folks, you draft a new team every single day without any commitment, right? You don't want to be locked into a season-long fantasy league. That stinks. Nobody likes that. You want to be able to move. Again, the best part of the fantasy league and the fantasy stuff is drafting your team. You can draft anybody but on your team as long as you're under that salary cap. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cold, hard cash. Figure out who's dropping 50 points next. I mean, we've already had four this year, five, six, seven, eight. Now we're going to have a bunch of these. Make sure you don't miss out when another one drops 50. Make sure they're in your lineup. Download the app today or head over to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code Celtics to support the show and play for free with your first deposit. And remember... $400 Four hundred million dollars in total prizes up for grabs throughout the year. If you don't win once, it's okay. You don't win your first time? Try again. So much money's up for grabs. So go to DraftKings.com. Use the promo code Celtics to play for free. The first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum five dollar deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, I think it's interesting that when the league is starting to focus more on offense. And, you know, scoring and pace, the pace in the league is up this year. People are taking more threes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I find it funny that, that Boston still puts a premium on playing defense, and that's how they're going to win basketball games. And I find it's interesting. Everybody's kind of zigging while the Celtics are kind of zagging a little bit. And, and really, like, as you hear, Brett, all the time, talk about defense, 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 defense. The offense will come. They're so talented. But defense, you know, that's how they're going to beat teams every single night. And I look at the way this team switches and all the all the versatile pieces they have from even from Kyrie, who I was reading this morning, uh, Keith Smith wrote an article about how Kyrie's getting better on the defensive side of the floor. From Kyrie, all the way down to, like, roll guys and bench guys, like, Shemi Ojale is a spectacular defender and is impossible to move on the low block. and did a great job last year in the playoffs as best as he could as a rookie, second-round pick, guarding Giannis in the playoffs. Uh, Daniel Tice is a great situational defender. Aaron Baines does a lot for this team on the defensive side of the floor. Uh, they th- Defensively, I think this group... It's so much better than like almost everybody else by a significant margin. I mean, look at a team like Utah. When they finally get Mitchell healthy, they're really good defensively. Go Bear in the middle. Golden State can play defense when they feel like it. I know they probably aren't going to during the regular season, but in the postseason when they want to wrap it up, they can they can really ramp it up. Um, but Boston is just some it's just a different animal in terms of how they can switch things. And if you want to run a 1-5 pick and roll and try and get Al Horford to switch, well, guess what? He can hang with perimeter guys for a long time, and they're smart defensively the way they filter guys you know, to certain locations to where the help is. So as, as pace and as threes and as shooting and as offense becomes more important, I think Boston's done a really smart thing here, Jay, and said, Okay, we're offensively, yeah, we have dudes, but defensively, if we don't bring it every single night, we're not we we're gonna lose basketball games and we can't afford to do that because we have like you said, Milwaukee is better this year, Toronto is better this year, and in order if this team really wants to win an NBA title, they are gonna have to have home court against Golden State because you can't expect to go into Golden State in a seven game series and win four games, one of them being in their home floor. It's almost impossible.
1: Yeah, yeah. The- the things you were saying about the defense um, it, i think it's it's even more critical now the way the game is being played that the celtics loaded up their roster with as many wings as they did and they're not the only team that, that decided okay we need to have good wings but because they, they had top draft picks all the time because they were able to go out and sign gordon hayward because you know jalen brown and jason tatum Emerge as really, really good players instantly. Almost Jalen's <laughs> case, it kind of took until year two. They they just have a different level of talent than almost anyone else, and especially defensive talent and defensive versatility. And it's really hard to build a team that has so many wins. That's the the scarcest position in the league. Um, but you look at the Celtics; they just they just come at you with one big physical wing after the next and tough tough guys everywhere so that's it's it's not that other teams aren't aren't stressing defense too it's just that the celtics have a different level of defender and i think brad Stevens is a great defensive coach too but but everybody i mean with the exception of kyrie everybody in their entire rotation is just a plus defender and in some cases they're you know all defense level defenders whether they've gotten the not or not you know al horford I think Aaron Baines is at that level. Marcus Smart, you can put him up there. I think Tatum, Brown, Hayward, all those guys do a lot of good things defensively. So they just have – they're loaded, loaded, loaded defensively.
0: Where do you think Hayward is right now in terms of his progress coming back? Or obviously he's not 100% yet, but where in, in, in his you know trajectory here? How far back do you think he is?
1: You can see him growing more and more comfortable. Um, I thought this this past game was his best game by far he had the one drive where he kind of bullied Malcolm Brogdon. He had a number of fantastic passes, including one that was like over the top to Kyrie Irving wide open on the weak side that not a lot of guys can make, especially not a lot of six, eight guys who are running pick and rolls. He's going to, when he's right, he's going to totally change them. And I think you'll see he's right when he starts getting to the lane and drawing free throw attempts. You look at the Celtics right now, one thing they haven't done at all really is get to the free-throw line. And Gordon Hayward's a guy who, who gets to the free-throw line, and he gets those easy buckets. And he he forces contact, and he plays through contact. And he hasn't quite done that yet. We've seen it a couple of times. But I think I think you'll know he's really, really feeling good when he starts to, to drive through guys and finish at the Cup. We, we haven't seen that out of him yet, even though – He's getting more and more comfortable. Um and I, I think that's that's something that's going to really 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 help the Celtics. I you look at them right now. They have the least attempts at the rim of any team in the league. They're if they're one of the bottom 5 I think in free throw attempt rate. So they need to find ways to manufacture those easy buckets. And and Hayward is Really, their guy who probably will do it best this season once yeah. he's right.
0: Yeah, and you look at what they, you know, last year. And like the thing that the Celtics have always had a problem with is getting to the free throw line. I mean, you talk about the, you know, we go back to Isaiah Thomas. He was such a great guy at getting to the free throw line. He was unbelievable the way he would like slither and find ways to get into the paint. Was just for me, especially at that size, just truly remarkable for a guy that's five foot six. Jay to watch a guy like Isaiah Thomas play <laughs> is like such a real treat for short guys like me. Um, but you have a team last year, I mean, they, they didn't really get to the line a whole ton. Um, they're actually doing a slightly better job of it this year, but I kind of agree with you. This, there's not a lot of driving in the lane, a lot of guys, you know, searching out contact. Like last year, Kyrie led the team in, you know, free throw attempts per game at 4.4. 4. He's down from that. Jason Tatum doing the best job of that, of anybody this year on the team. He's at 4.3. Kyrie at 2.9. So, again, this offense is still getting comfortable. But the one thing I think you mentioned that's really interesting about you know Gordon Hayward as a, as a facilitator and as a playmaker, and now with the way they have, this is what is intriguing to me about Golden State and how they have so many guys that can facilitate their offense at any given moment. It could be Steph, it could be Draymond, it could be you know, uh, it could be Durant for a while. They have guys off the bench that can do it as well. You know Boston's very similar in that regard. Like you know they might not have a guy like Sean Livingston who's six foot you know seven and can play, a, a, you know, point run point guard for them, although Gordon Hayward at some point might come back and do that. Uh, but they have guys, they have Rozier, they have Smart, they have Horford. That I love Point Horford. That's one of my favorite things of all time. They have Kyrie. When you add Gordon to that, they become such harder, significantly harder to guard. And then we talked about the offense getting better and, and how Gordon fits into that. You know, I think the sky's the limit here with this offense as soon as things get cooking. But, I mean, with Gordon, it's so nice to see him get comfortable. I have really enjoyed how he will take switches and punish smaller guys in the block and post them up and, you know, get a good shot. He's been living in that mid-range, like, coming off a pin-down screen and just as a, you know, catch and shoot from, like, the elbow. He's been really good at that. And the three-point, you know, uh, the, th- the three-point shot starting to fall a little more regularity. But the guy for me that's impressed me more than anybody else, and I didn't even think about this going into the season, I, sh- I started to think where this team would be without Marcus Morris right now. And this is what was so frustrating to me last year during the playoffs where he was just, you know, I kept saying I'm like, it would, be, it would be a great time if Marcus Morris decided to show up like right now during that Milwaukee series. He, he struggled. During that Philadelphia series, he struggled. He is a really excellent player if he's hot. I mean, really excellent. And he's carried Boston, and especially their bench unit, throughout the first couple of weeks here. And, his you know, he's just on fire, 50% from the field, 51% from three, and he's playing great defense. He's been, for me, the biggest surprise, Jay. Who's been the biggest surprise for you?
1: I think he's been maybe most improved so far (laughs) on the Celtics. Yeah, Um, good argument. It's not just that he's making shots. It's that he's changed his shot profile. And he's taking more catch-and-shoot threes. He's driving and kicking at a rate that he certainly didn't do last year. Like last year, when, when he would get going in mean, press row, guys would be like, oh, that's going up. And and you knew every time the shot was going up. And now it's you don't know that anymore. And he spent a lot of time this summer. He dropped about 10 pounds, got in real good shape. I think that's a big, big reason for his success. You know, last year he had the, the court case. He missed all of preseason. He came back and had knee issues immediately. So he kind of got off to a rough start last year. Uh, this year, you know, he, he's he's healthier, he's in better shape, and he said he spent a lot of time shooting uh shooting three pointers and and especially catch and shoot three pointers because he knew he wasn't going to be the ISO guy anymore, and that he was going to have to learn how to play off guys, and I think you're seeing that he's he's totally changed the way he plays the game, and so I I think he's he's been he's had as good a start basically as anyone on the team. He's been, he's been really, really good. Marcus Morris has, has really, really improved this year. One more break with Jay to tell
0: you today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. That's why it's so important to find the right person. But where do you find that individual? You could try posting on those job boards, but can you really be sure the right person sees your job instead Find the person who will help grow your business with LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, people go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and discover job opportunities. 70%, 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. So why not bring your job post to them? Seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, their interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Hiring the right people can feel impossible. Ask anyone who runs a company how it is to find good help to grow your business because ultimately you want your business to thrive and grow and succeed. And nobody, I mean, nobody is more fit to help you than LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been helping people make connections for years and now LinkedIn wants to flip the script, so to speak. So hurry now, go to LinkedIn.com slash Celtics and you'll get 50 bucks off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash Celtics to get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash Celtics. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to Jay. We're talking with Jay King of The Athletic. And, again, folks, we're, we're going to start our little ad run next week. But you get a little bit of a sneak preview at our discount right now. 40% off a month. That's less than 3 bucks a month for a subscription to The Athletic. It's absolutely insane. They do a great job covering everything. They're literally everywhere right now. It's TheAthletic.com backslash Celtics for 40 bu- 40% off um, uh, your monthly subscription. And, Jay, kind of piggybacking off that, um, ad read sort of ad read here. You wrote a phenomenal piece about Marcus Smart recently and how he oh, has struggled. You, I mean, it, it's I, I, I'm seeing it everywhere, man. Everybody's just going out of their way to make sure they make sure they're giving you a props for how good of a story this is. You wrote about how hard it's been for for Marcus Smart this year, losing his mother, and how he struggled with his emotions and how. You know, as he said in the preseason, you know, playing basketball is kind of like the eye of the storm for me. It's actually where I'm at my most calm. Talk about some of the struggles that he's gone through this year, because it's 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 been for me to watch him on the floor. You don't see it, but from someone like you who's around him, you know, every single day, how tough is it, has him has it been for him to play this year?
1: I, I think I think he's handled it remarkably well. Uh, I mean, he he's spent it, it hasn't been discussed very much, but he spent basically the month before the season started, he was in the hospital every single day with his mom. Um, and he, he didn't have the chance to have the same summer a lot of guys did where he was able to focus on basketball, conditioning, anything like that. Like, he was literally in the hospital with his dying mother. And – but he, he's he's he been – really, I, I think he's handled it incredibly well. I mean, you, you saw – the extra emotion, I think, with the J.R. Smith thing in the preseason, that that seemed like he was he was more emotional than usual. And I, I don't want to say his mother had anything to do with that. Like I don't know, uh, but he was definitely more emotional than than typically would be. Um, but other than that, he's he's been really positive. Um, he kind of sees he he has a, kind of an incredible outlook, I think. Um about you know he 's been been through so much had so much tragedy in his life, but he he just he tries to take the positives and and take keep his mother with him you know wherever he goes and he 's got the tattoo on his his arm and it 's like listening to him talk like, like, he 's incredibly open about everything, and I think it 's pretty cool because I think he's he 's helped a lot I told him this too. I said I think I think he's helped a lot of people fall in love with his mom because of how much he shares about her. Um so yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, the this whole uh, I'll say movement towards making sure that you know players are in a in a good mental state. I mean, you've seen Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan talk about this, but you know, smart, as you said, I mean, the guy's been through so much. Like his brother what died of cancer when he was younger. I mean, this is this is yeah. he, he has had a tough tough upbringing and he did he came from a tough place in Texas what Flower Mound right is that where he's from he's from Flower Mound Texas yep. um talked about you know you know you, hide, you ducking bullet you know, you know bullets everywhere and, and and getting the fights and 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 you know just you know fighting to stay alive and get out of there and, and going to you know Oklahoma State and and battling stuff there and you know he's just been a battler his whole life and that you know. Oh, after a while, that does take a toll, like emotionally and mentally, on you, and then have this piled on top of you as well. Like again, it's just a. Uh, it's it's interesting that this guy still is just this mentally tough guy, and you know has has had a city fall in love with him. Like I I, I found it interesting to watch people's reaction to you know when last season ends. And it's like, well, Marcus Smart's contract up is up, and it's like, well, how much are you willing to play, Mar- Marcus Smart? And everybody literally had an opinion on it, but pretty much everybody's opinion at the end of the day was, man, it's just hard not seeing Marcus Smart on this team. And part of the reason why people love him so much is because he is so emotional, and he's embraced that fully. He's he's talked about what's he have this like uh, website because Bo- like I love Boston, Boston loves me like T-shirt line that he's got going on. Like he's such a good figure um, for Boston, and for for a, uh, a city that loves passionate guys. Like as a Red Sox fan, I remember how many how many people love Jake Peavy. Because Jake Peavy would be on the mound, like, talking to himself, <laughs> yelling at himself, yelling at the guys at the plate, yelling at everybody, getting everybody fired up. Like Chris Sale from the World Series. Everybody talked about how, you know, he was in the dugout trying to pump everybody up, and all of a sudden the Red Sox explode for, like, seven runs in three innings. Like, that. Boston loves those passionate guys. And with Marcus, and we always talk about how you can't measure his impact in a box score. You have to just watch the game and understand that he impacts so many different things. You know, it's just interesting to see how Boston has embraced him because of how emotional he is and how much he wears it on his sleeve. And, and, and in a time where, you know, you have so many people that are, you know, they give you all the coach speak answers like, yeah, you know, you know, everybody's good. Nobody's bad. Uh, you know, everybody's great. Blah, blah, blah. Marcus is one guy that for, for one just keeps it real, Jack.
1: Yeah. And I think basketball wise, he's changed, too. If you, you look at his usage rate, he's down at like 13 this year um and so he he's kind of reeled in some of the bad shots and I think that that was a change that they needed out of him because they their bench you know in the if you look at their bench they had guys who could kind of hijack offenses in bad ways sometimes and I include Marcus Morris in that Marcus Smart um even Terry Rozier although he's developed into a pretty damn good scorer. Um, but they had guys who weren't necessarily totally efficient and who could hijack the offense sometimes. So for those guys to evolve, and it's funny because you look at this year, you thought the the starters were going to have to carry the offense. It's kind of been like the, the bench has been – they've been the players that have kind of evolved right away into what the Celtics need them to be. And so I, that's why I think the – it's not too concerning that Boston has struggled offensively or did at least for the first three or four games. Um, Still, I think ranks 25th in offense um, through eight games, but the, the starters are going to find a way. And I think the, the changes that the bench has made have, have all been really promising.
0: Last one, Jay, before we get you out of here, uh, Biggest problem you see with this team going forward. I, I have, I always have, and especially when Aaron Baines isn't on the floor, I always get really concerned about the, the Celtics' rebounding issues. I mean, you go back to before everything was great. Uh, the Celtics used to get routinely killed on the boards. I have nightmares watching Andre Drummond get like 40 rebounds a game. Jonas Valanciunas get 20 rebounds a game and kill the Celtics on the offensive glass. I'm still slightly worried in that area if they're not healthy. If they're healthy... Ty Baines, they have guys, you know, on the wing that can rebound really well. Tatum, Morris. Uh they have good guards that rebound, like Rozier's a good rebounder. Smart can box people out. Kyrie's made a more concerted effort on that end of the floor. What's your biggest concern for this team going forward as we've seen them, you know, for for a couple of games here?
1: I think it's gotta be shot selection. I, I think shot selection is a thing that's that's going to make or break them. And and by make or break, they're gonna be really good. I I mean make or break them from the standpoint of are they going to win the Eastern Conference and can they challenge the Warriors? And shot selection is the thing. They need to get more layups, more three-pointers, and they they need to do away with some of the early shot clock, mid-range jumpers that they decide to settle on too often. And I I do think that in some ways their offense is more built for the postseason because they have so many guys who can create decent shots basically anytime they want. Um, but that ability has hurt them at times during the regular season. And so to, to me, shot selection is the biggest thing to watch all year with this team, because if they're committed to getting great shots, then then they, they could be really, really powerful and potent offensively. And if you add that to the the defense, and all of a sudden, they're a they're a real challenger to to anybody out there.
0: Yeah, even Golden State has said it. Like you had a, they asked Golden State, who you know who who's the biggest problem for you guys, you know, this season. And a lot of those guys, you know, all the top guys have said that that, that Boston presents a, a specific challenge for them. And I asked, I remember asking Michael Thompson, who's one of the best Twitter followers in the world, um, about what makes Boston so difficult for the Warriors to match up against. And he goes, they execute on both ends. In the fourth quarter, better than most teams against Golden State because they're so mentally tough. And I thought that was an interesting answer. But to piggyback on you here, like, it, the Golden State, because they can bury you so quickly, it's so easily, you know, you can easily fall into that trap of taking bad shots to try and make up and catch up and, and try and and try and play, you know, you know, shot for shot with them. But to your point, if you're going to try and play shot for shot with Golden State, it's just not going to work. You need to run your offense. And if you're Boston, you know, getting in good habits now – in you know late October, early November, only is going to pay dividends as we go towards May and June here.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. They gotta, they gotta figure out a way to to have everybody lift each other up. And I think Tatum has probably been um, as big a not an issue because he's he's been good, but he's he's been an offender. He spent of too the, much time with Kobe, budget. Jay.
0: He spent too much time with Kobe. <laughs>
1: Well, I think for him it's he was always a mid range guy when he was younger. And that was his thing. And last year he kind of took a step back and was just more of a spot up player early in the season. And and I, I think he's just trying to figure how to be more aggressive and aggressive to him has always been mid range three mid range jumpers. And so he needs to he needs to get better at at breaking down guys off the dribble, getting to the paint, creating for others, getting to the rim. He hasn't taken any close two pointers all season. Um so I think that that's the next I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know. Um, I, I think he's, he's the last few games kind of come around in, in some senses. But he needs to find the bounce he can be aggressive, but not settle. And right now for for him being aggressive is, is he's kind of being aggressive in the wrong ways at times. That's
0: the athletics. Jay King. He has an amazing team, not just of, of Celtics writers, you also you have Jared Weiss, Clavis Murray. Uh, everybody that works the athletic is, is amazing. I, you know, you had the reports come out, how well you guys are doing as a company. I'm thrilled for you guys. Uh, again, Folks, going to give you the promo code early to get 40% off your monthly subscription. That's less than 3 bucks a month. Go to athletic.com backslash so to get a, just an amazing array of material that you can't find anywhere else online. These guys are killing it. Jay, congratulations on everything, man. I appreciate the time, and keep up the good work, man. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it.
0: And that will do it for this episode of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Adam will be back next week, so do not forget to subscribe to this show on iTunes, on Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe to CLNS Media on YouTube as well, to the 18,000-plus you that do. You guys are my favorite people in the history of the world. I love you guys so much. Keep going. Telling everybody about this podcast, telling media. We are super grateful for it. Make sure you leave us a review. Uh, comments are always appreciated, whether it's in the YouTube page or whether it's in the Apple, iTunes, you know, podcast page. You leave us a little comment there, a little five-star, four-star, whatever rating. That would be awesome. Really appreciate that. Again, thank you to Jay King from The Athletic. They are doing amazing stuff over there. Make sure you subscribe today by using our promo code go to theathletic.com/slash Celticsbeat to get forty percent off your monthly subscription with the athletic. Also, remember today's show is brought to you in part by DraftKings and by LinkedIn. Couple of thank yous to hand out. Obviously, Jay, obviously to the CEO of the network, Nick Gelso, Larry H. Russell, John Zanis. Adam Kaufman who normally hosts this show a little shout out to Adam of course but most importantly thanks to you to you guys out there in the internet world podcast whatever the hell you're listening to the show really appreciate it you guys are the best seas right in the ship so to speak should be a fun uh, rest of the season as uh, the Celtics seem to be clicking on all cylinders here we'll be back next week Adam's back make sure you stay tuned